Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. I am excited to study God's Word with you this morning. God's Word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Amen? God's Word is profitable and useful for teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness. So we'll be ready, able, and equipped to do all that God has called us to do. I want to uh, begin this morning, and I just want to briefly address the uh, United States Supreme Court decision uh, earlier this week. So I want to briefly address this, and I want to make sure that... uh, My words are clear uh, in what was uh, decided. The United States Supreme Court overturned the 1973 Roe v. Wade case in a decision that upheld a Mississippi law banning most abortions after 15 weeks into a pregnancy. That's the Dobbs v. Jackson case. The 6-3 ruling released Friday, the high court concluded the previous Roe decision as well as Planned Parenthood v. Casey had wrongfully identified abortion as a constitutional right. The court syllabus read held the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled, and the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. Reactions and responses to this decision have ranged from celebration and joy to sadness to rage to violence. As followers of Jesus, we must obey God and his word. Abortion is first and foremost a biblical issue, not a political issue. My purpose is not to condemn or to heap discouragement, guilt, pain, or shame on women who have had an abortion. Our God is a loving God. He forgives our sins. He heals our hurts. And he fills us with help and hope and strength in Jesus for every new day. My purpose is to encourage us as Christ followers how we move forward. So I just want to share three quick points and three quick action steps. The first point is God is the creator. God created each one of us in his image, male and female. He created us. God created us to have a relationship with us. Life is a gracious gift from God to us. Children are gracious gifts from God to us. Second, life begins at conception. David the psalmist wrote in Psalm 139 and verse 13, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you, God, because I'm remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this full well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Life begins when God says it begins, not when we say it begins. At conception, God begins developing the life that he formed, knit together, and placed in the womb of the mother. The third 
point is abortion is a sin against God. Abortion has resulted in the deaths of over 60 million innocent babies. Praise God, he is loving, faithful, and a forgiving God. Now, three steps that I would encourage us to take. Many more, but I just want to briefly again share three steps to take. Number one, as Christ followers speak God's truth in love. The answer that everyone needs today is Jesus. The answer to every care, concern, problem, and situation in life that we face is Jesus. Anger, rage, and violence is not the answer. We don't point and win people to Jesus by yelling at them, calling them names, and arguing needlessly with them. We point and win people to Jesus by loving them like Jesus. Secondly, minister with compassion. Minister with compassion. Many women who struggle with unwanted pregnancies are alone, they're confused, they're desperate, they're scared, they're young, they're unsure of what to do. Some pregnancies are the result of rape and violence. Some pregnancies endanger the health of the mother. We must minister to and support all these women. We must care for them and we must point them to Jesus as we champion life for every baby. Speak God's truth in love. Minister with compassion. And then the third point for us as we take away and move today is pray. Pray for President Biden. Pray for all of our elected officials. We need to be praying for them regularly. Pray for us, the body of Christ, the church, individually, our church, the church at large. Pray that we as the church, the body of Christ, would stand firm in the truth of God's word, that we would share the truth of God's word in the love of God with those around us so that those around us could see our good deeds and give glory to our Father in heaven. Pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for God's will to be done in our lives and our families and our uh, communities as it is in heaven. Pray, pray, and then pray some more. So let's do just that. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it is truth for our lives. We thank you that you are our good, good father. We thank you, God, that you are good. You do what is good and you teach us your way according to your word. And so, Father, we ask that as you place us as your shining lights in the lost world around us that desperately needs to hear about Jesus, that desperately needs to see the love of Jesus, that desperately needs a relationship with you by your grace through faith in Jesus, God, I pray that you would help us to shine your light, to speak your truth in a winsome way, Father God, in a way that points and draws others to Jesus Christ. Father, we continue to pray for all of these uh, little babies. Father, we pray for life for them. We pray for all the decisions that are being made by moms. We pray that you would help them to understand your work in their lives and point them to your truth. God, we pray your blessings and your protection on every mom. Father, we pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father God. We thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father 
that we are free, that we are brothers and sisters, that we're family, that we are victors, that we're overcomers, that we're more than conquerors in Christ. Father, we pray for our president. We pray for all of our elected officials. We pray for them to have wisdom from you, Father God. Encourage, Father God, to make the decisions that need to be made for our land, for our communities, for our states, Father God, in accordance with your truth. Because God, we know your truth, your will is best for us and all those around us. And Father God, we give you praise, honor, and glory for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, let me encourage you now, like we started, let's get into God's word together uh, even more in depth. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28. And as you get to Matthew 28, then I want you to turn to your left and find Exodus chapter 3 because we're going to go back and forth a little bit. We're learning from Moses how we are able to think and live God's way. These principles uh, that were true for Moses years ago are true for us today. These principles that were a blessing to Moses years ago are a blessing to us today. We see these principles from God to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. We also see these principles from God to you and me as followers of Jesus in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. I hope you've made your way to Matthew chapter 28 because what you'll find there is uh, Matthew recorded the words of Jesus for us, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 18, Matthew wrote these words, Jesus came near and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I've commanded you and remember I am with you always to the end of the age. I want us to identify these principles from God to us in this passage. You'll see it real clear. The first principle, as we've been making our way through in this series, God comes to us with his plan for us. Jesus came to his disciples to share his plan for them with them. God comes to us to share his plan for us with us. God's plan for us is to go and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. This means we must know and obey God's word so that we can help others to know and obey God's word. Second principle, God is in control, not us. Jesus said, all authority. What authority? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. That means there is no one outside of God's authority. There is nothing outside God's authority. Jesus came near and God comes near to us. And we know God is in control, not us. God is in control of our lives and he knows what he's doing in us, with us, for us, through us, and around us. And we can rest and rejoice in his sovereign control. The third point is God's plan is clear to us. God's plan for us is clear to us. God's plan for you and me is to go and make disciples. That's simple. As we go, God continues to make us more and more like Christ. He continues to transform us in the likeness of Jesus. So remember, and we say this often, let me just give you a quick reminder. As followers of Jesus, you are a minister for Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we're ministers for Jesus. What does that mean? It means this. God has given you a congregation to serve and to reach out to on a daily basis. He's given me a congregation. 
You're part of my congregation, I'm part of your congregation, but our congregations extend beyond us, beyond these walls. God wants us to go to our family, to our friends, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to our jobs, to our schools, to our neighbors. He wants us to go to the nations and make disciples for Jesus. The fourth principle we see is God promises to be with us. Jesus said, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. God calls us, God equips us, and God is with us which is great news for you and me. God is with us by the presence and power of his Holy Spirit in us. God places his spirit in us when he saves us by his grace through our faith in Christ. He's with us always. He's with us right here, right now. He never fails us, forgets us, or forsakes us. The fifth principle is God gives us a choice. We see in Exodus, now turn to Exodus chapter 3. Look real quick, Exodus chapter 3 in verse 10. God is speaking to Moses and he tells Moses, therefore go. Sound familiar? Therefore go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God gave Moses a choice to go. God wanted Moses to go by faith in him in obedience to him. Now remember, God gives us a choice as well. He gives you a choice, he gives me a choice. Quite honestly, he's given us a choice right here in these moments. He gives us a choice as to whether or not we're going to go and follow him by faith. God calls us to go, God equips us to go, God wants us to go, God promises he'll be with us as we go, but God doesn't force us to go. God wants us to go by faith in him in obedience to him. Now remember, we go for God by the power of God at work in us. We go for God by the power of God, his Holy Spirit's power at work in our lives day by day as we depend on him and surrender to him. So as we look at this passage in Exodus and in Matthew, a couple of things become real clear. God gave Moses every reason he needed to go. He gave Moses every reason he needed to go. We're going to continue to see how, more, how, how gracious God is because he continues to give Moses more reasons. But he had already given Moses every reason he needed to go, up to verse 10. Secondly, God gives you and me every reason we need to go. These principles that we've already discussed, even to this point, is more than enough from God for us to go and to follow him by faith. Now let's look at how Moses responded to God. You see in verse 11 how Moses responded to God. He did not go. He asked God a question, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Moses immediately looked inward instead of upward. Moses internalized and processed God's call on his life, God's task for him, internally, not vertically. Moses, in his response to God, acknowledged his own inadequacy. And on one hand, Moses was right. Moses was incapable, he was inadequate to fulfill God's task in his power according to his own wisdom. So on one hand, he understood and realized who was he to go to Pharaoh. But God created Moses. God knew Moses. And God made it clear to Moses that he was not asking Moses 
to go to Pharaoh by himself. He wasn't asking Moses to go to Pharaoh alone. He didn't say, now I'm sending you to Pharaoh by yourself. I hope it works out well. No, God told Moses, Moses, as we see in verse 12, we'll look again in a few minutes. I will certainly be with you. Unfortunately, at this point, Moses did not grasp the power, the significance, the grace of God's words to him. He didn't go. Let's look at our response to God. God calls you and me to go by faith day by day. Like Moses, there are times, and maybe it's even often, that we respond to God with a question rather than going, and we say something to the effect of, who am I, God, to go and do what you're calling me to do? Whatever the task may be, God calls us to be a godly husband, a godly wife, a godly father, a godly mother, a godly man, a godly woman, a godly single adult, a godly teenager, a godly child. God calls us to witness to a friend, to serve in ministry. God calls us to to teach the kids at VBS this week. And we hear that task from God. God calls us to go into our workplaces to be his ministers there and to shine his light. God asks us to go into our friendships and do the same thing. And we hear this task. We know the task because God makes his plan clear to us. And yet we understand that we are insufficient, that we are inadequate, incapable of fulfilling God's task for us in our power and wisdom. And because we look inward instead of upward, we realize that and we tell God that's the reason why we can't go for God because we're inadequate to do what God's calling us to do in our strength and wisdom, and God has created us. God loves us. God knows us. And God makes it clear to you and me that he is not calling us or sending us to the task that he has for us alone by ourselves. No, God tells you and me once again today, I am with you. Say that with me out loud. I am with you. This is God's word to you and to me. Jesus told us, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus told us in John 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. James said, draw near to me and I draw near to God and I, God will draw near to us. As we draw near to God, he draws near to us. We understand that he is with us and what God wants us to understand is this key point that he is with us. He's not calling us to his task in our strength and wisdom according to who we are. He's calling us to his task because he knows he will be with us. Look, God promised his presence with Moses to encourage Moses to go. He literally promised Moses, I will certainly be with you, Moses, to encourage Moses to go. This happened all throughout the word. God promised Joshua, I will be with you. Every place you step your foot, I will be with you. No one will come against you. No one will overcome you. He encouraged Joshua by promising his presence to Joshua so Joshua would go. God promises his presence with us. I will be with you to the end of the age. 
Why? So that he will be able to encourage and help us to go and to follow him by faith. He promises his presence with us for whatever the task is that he calls us to, to encourage us to go. The truth is, Satan, our enemy, also wants us to go. And we see in this passage with Moses a couple of ways in which he does this with us because he also did it with Moses. Now, let's look at three points about going real quick. Number one, Satan wants us to go ahead of God. Satan loves to encourage us each day to go ahead of God. To forget about our need for God. To get so busy with life that we fail to spend time with God. To get so distracted by what's going on and what we have to get done and this and that. That we fail and lose sight of our inadequacy without God. We, we lose sight. We fail to remember that we're inadequate without God. And he's pushing us and encouraging us to go, but to go ahead of God. Moses learned this the hard way. Before this scene in Exodus chapter 3, we covered this weeks back. Moses went outside and he went to check on his fellow Israelites in their hard labor out in Egypt. And as he went outside, he looked and he noticed there was an Egyptian who was striking, who was beating one of his fellow Israelites, one of his fellow brothers. And so the scripture told us that Moses, looking around in every direction except up to God, went, killed that Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Moses went ahead of God. And he made a mess of things. He made an utter, complete mess of things. Too often, I believe, we charge off into our days throughout the week ahead of God on our own. We walk by the flesh, not the spirit. We rely on ourselves, not the Lord. We go according to our wisdom, not God's wisdom, because we're too busy, we don't have time to spend with the Lord. We go ahead of God, and we make a mess of things. We make a mess of our lives, our relationships, because you see what happens when we go ahead of God, we don't say the right words. And when we go ahead of God, we don't do the right things. Going ahead of God causes us frustration. Because when we go ahead of God in our day-to-day lives, we quickly come up against the reality that we are inadequate to fulfill God's task in our strength and wisdom. We quickly realize we can't change or fix ourselves, others, or our circumstances. So we get frustrated and we keep trying to press on ahead of God. Let me just remind us, and this is for me. Satan knows this. That's why he continues to encourage us to go ahead of God. To get up and to go. Don't spend that time with God. Got too many things to do. 
Don't pray, no, you don't have time for that. You can get to that later. Do that after work, after you get back home late tonight. You can do that. Go, go, go. He wants us to go ahead of God because he knows that's a sure recipe for failure. Secondly, Satan wants us to go away from God. Satan will also encourage us to charge into each day away from God. Now, Satan wants us to go away from God in anger, in discouragement, in frustration, in fear, in hurt, in resentment, in conflict, in unbelief. Quite honestly, he doesn't care how we go away from God. He only cares that we go away from God. And God's plan for us. Moses fell into this trap by giving God excuses, excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse as to why he couldn't go to Pharaoh. He kept giving him excuses. He could not go. Listen, if we don't look up to God, we're going to go away from God. If we don't look up to God and lean on God, we're going to go away from God. That's exactly what was happening with Moses. Moses didn't look up to God. He looked inwardly. He looked outwardly, and he didn't go with God. And so we understand that going away from God is a temptation for us. Going away from God causes us frustration because we understand and realize Going our way away from God never turns out well for us. Our excuses to God never work with God. God knows us and God's plan is best for us. And when we choose to go away from God, we miss out on God and his blessings, his growth, and his work in through and around us. And this is especially challenging for us because many times we go away from God due to the messiness of life, the messiness of people, the messiness of our relationships. Because understand and remember now, the Christian life is a beautiful mess. We're victorious in Jesus, but it's a mess, this world that we live in. And so Satan knows this as well, which is why He encourages us to go away from God. He wants us to go ahead of God because he knows guaranteed failure. He wants us to go away from God because he knows guaranteed failure. The third point about going that we need to focus on is God wants us to go with him. God wants us to go with him. Satan will try to keep this from happening at all costs. Satan will tell us things like God's task for you is all on you. You're all alone. You're a failure. No one is with you. God's not with you. God's not going to help you. No one else is going to help you. No one else understands you. You're all by yourself. He will try whatever he has to try. He'll say whatever he has to say. He'll do whatever he has to do to keep us. From going with God by faith. Remember, Satan is a liar. He is the father of lies. 
There is no truth in him or in anything he says. When he speaks, he is speaking lies to you and to me. And we have the Holy Spirit of God who God tells us is the spirit of truth who dwells within us. And so God has perfectly equipped us to battle against the lies that our enemy throws at us because he's filled and equipped us with the spirit of truth that he's placed in us. God wants us to go with him. God promised his presence with Moses. Look at verse 12 in Exodus 3. Look at what God said. As Moses said, who am I to go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Look at what uh, God said. God answered, I will certainly be with you. Say that with me out loud. I will certainly be with you. This is amazing. And this will be the sign to you that I am the one who sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you will all worship God at this mountain. God promised Moses his presence would be with Moses. In other words, God was saying to Moses, Moses, this isn't about who you are. It's about who I am. Moses, stop looking in. Look up. Moses, stop looking out at the challenge. Look up. I'm with you, Moses. I'm with you. And God says the same to you and to me. He promises his presence with us. Jesus said, remember, 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 I'm with you always to the end of the age. In other words, this isn't about who you are. It's about who our awesome almighty God is. It's not about who I am. It's about who God is. Therefore, I must make sure that I don't look in. I must look up. I must not look out at whatever is in front of me. I must look up to God because he promises his presence is with me. And the same is true for you. Whatever it is you're facing this week, whatever the challenge, however difficult it is, however painful it is, however frustrating it is, however many times you have tried and tried and tried to give up on that circumstance, on that situation, on that decision, on that position, or on that person, understand God knows. He knows you. He is with you. And I would go so far as to suggest the reason you're here right now, able to hear his spirit speak this morning, is because he's brought you to this point. Because he's with you. And he has refused to leave you. And he's not going to anytime soon. He's brought you here. Whether you're a person or online, he's with you. He's enabling you. Whatever that is, and the tasks before us always look great because our God is a great and extraordinary God, and he doesn't give us tasks that we can accomplish on our own because that wouldn't increase our faith. He gives us tasks that are impossible for us, that are overwhelming for us, that bring us to our knees because that's where he wants us to be. That's where he wants us to be because it's in those moments where he says, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then he empowers us to fulfill his task. And then he gets all the glory, not us. Not us. Because he's the one who is with us. He's with us. Listen, God's presence with us is a grace to us. God's presence with us makes the difference for us, for you and for me. Now, I want to just share real briefly three benefits, three blessings of God's presence with us. We could spend the rest of the day listing all the benefits and blessings of God's presence with us, but 
Sheila will get upset because VBS is this week and they got to decorate uh, today. So we can't do that. So we're just going to stick with three. How about that? Uh, first, I want you to understand this. Maybe one is for you. Maybe all, th- all three are for us, but maybe one in particular is for you today, this week, right here, right now. I don't know. The Holy Spirit of God does. He'll minister to you where you need him to minister to you. First, God's presence means I'm safe. I'm safe. The safest place for us to be is in the center of God's will. By the way, the best place for us to be is in the center of God's will. Solomon told us in Proverbs 18 and verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are protected. They're safe. So what I want you to hear this morning, my brother, my sister in Christ, is God is with you. God is with me. That means we're safe. I am safe in the Lord because he is with me. You're safe in the Lord because he is with you. I am safe in the Lord because he is watching over me. You are safe in the Lord because he is watching over you. I am safe in the Lord because he is working in me. You are safe in the Lord because he is working in you. I am safe in the Lord because he will never leave me, fail me, or forsake me. You are safe in the Lord because he will never leave, fail, or forsake you. We are safe in the Lord. Where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom, there's victory. We've been sharing that. That's the theme this morning through our time of worship, through so But we also understand and realize where the presence of the Lord is, there's also safety for you and for me. We're safe. We're safe in his arms. As Jesus reminded us, no one or nothing can snatch us out of the Father's hand. No one, nothing can snatch us out of the Father's hand. God's presence means I'm safe. Secondly, God's presence means I'm strong. Know this, know this, know this, know this. God with you equals the majority. God with me equals the majority. Don't lose sight of this truth. God with you and with me equals the majority. We are strong in the Lord and in his vast strength. God's grace is sufficient for us and his power is perfected in our weakness. Since God is with us, who is against us? Since God is with us, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Since God is with us, no one can separate us from the love that he has for us in Christ Jesus. Since God is with us, nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. Where God's presence is with us means we're safe. It means we are strong. I love the psalmist. He said in Psalm 138 and verse 3, when On the day I called, you answered me, God, and you increased strength within me. On the day I called, you answered me, and you increased strength within me. What does this mean? It means pray, because the more we pray, the more we're filled with the peace of God, because we take our stress to him, and he fills us with his peace. But the more we pray, we're filled with the power of God. God will empower you as you pray, and he will empower you to continue moving forward in faith knowing that he's with you. And you don't only have to pray in the morning and you don't only have to pray on your knees before the Lord in the quietness of your own room, which those are great ways to pray. But you can pray every single day, eyes open, walking, moving, working, sending, uh, whatever you're doing, you can pray. There is no limit on prayer. There is no limit on when, how, or how often you can pray. You can be praying as you're talking to somebody. You can be praying and the Lord God Almighty will fill you with the power that you need to continue Continue to talk the way you need to talk and share what you need to share with the person he's, you're with. He's with you. He's with you. I mean, give the Lord a hand. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. It's okay. Hey, listen, it's okay to shout hallelujah every once in a while. It's okay to shout praise God every once in a while. Because that's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. He moves us. I don't know about you. He moves me. He moves us. And we just want to declare and shout his praise, which, oh, by the way, as we shared last week, you look in verse 12, the whole point was to get them what? To worship. 
to worship God on the mountain. So everything God's doing in us is meant to give him glory and praise and honor to his name. So we know God's presence means safe, you're safe. God's presence means I'm strong, you're strong. Listen, third, God's presence means I will succeed. Success was guaranteed for Moses because God was with Moses. Success is guaranteed for you because God is with you, my brother, my sister in Christ. As Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the one who called you is faithful and he will do it. God will empower us to fulfill his task for us in his strength for his glory. He asks us to go, to go by faith and he'll take over and take charge and we'll have a front row seat to watch him work. Will it be easy to go? No. No. Rarely, if ever, is. Will we succeed as we go? Yes, we will. Because God's with us. Success for you and me is guaranteed. He is with us. We will be able to go and make disciples of all nations because God is with us as we go to make disciples of all nations. We will be able to teach the hundreds of children the truth about Jesus at VBS this week because God is with us as we go to teach the hundreds of children the truth about Jesus at VBS this week. Listen, safety, strength, and success was guaranteed to Moses by God. I want you to look at verse 12 and I'll point it out. He said, he answered, I will certainly be with you and this will be the sign to you that I am the one who sent you. Notice this, highlight this. When you bring the people out of Egypt, eight words, when you bring the people out of Egypt, highlight, underline those eight words, jot them down if you're taking notes, look at that. When you bring the people out of Egypt, what did that speak? That speaks safety. When you bring them out, it's gonna happen. That speaks strength. When you bring them out, that's gonna happen. They're gonna be able to do it. And when you bring them out, speaks success. And it was all because God was with him. So he said, certainly I will be with you. And here's the sign. When you bring them out, safety, strength, success was guaranteed to Moses by God. Safety, strength, and success is guaranteed to you and me as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus, remember, said, I will be with you always to the end of the age. But Jesus also said these words. Don't forget this, brother, sister. Don't forget this. Jesus said, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me. For where I am, you may be also. Safety, strength, success is ours in Jesus because God is with us. What's our application? It's real simple. Go. God is with you. Go. God is with you. Don't go ahead of God. Don't go away from God. Go with God. Wherever God leads, go. We are safe. We are strong and we will succeed because God is with us. And we know because we've read the end of the book, our savior, Jesus came to earth and he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He lived a perfect life. He was tempted as we're all tempted, but he never sinned. And then he died a perfect death on the cross of Calvary. He was buried in the tomb. And on the third day, he rose again victorious over sin and death for you and for me. He met God's demand for a perfect and righteous sacrifice to be made so that we who are imperfect and unrighteous could be made right with a perfect and righteous God. And so 
We stand before God clothed, the scripture says, in the righteousness of Jesus. God looks at us and he sees the blood of his son that pours over us and washes and forgives us of our sins. And God counted our sin to Christ on the cross and he counts Christ's perfect righteousness to us. That moment of salvation. When he saves us by his grace as we respond in repentance of our sins and we turn from our way of life and we turn to live his way and we confess our sins to God and then we just cry out and ask God to save us. We want Jesus, God, save us and he'll do just that. And when he does that, he places his Holy Spirit in us. And then he promises us from that point forward, I'm gonna be with you always to the end of the age. I want us to bring it in here a little differently. I want you to just bow in prayer. I want you to bow in prayer. And I want to read this psalm. And then we're going to respond. We'll stand and we'll sing and you'll have an opportunity to come and kneel and pray and minister to one another and pray about VBS this week as brothers in Christ, as sisters in Christ. You'll have an opportunity to receive Jesus Our ministers will be standing here at the front ready to receive you and bless you, encourage you. But we've talked about God is with us. I want you to hear, this is what the psalmist said. This is what it means when God is with us. Some of the blessings that we receive. Listen to what the psalmist said years and years and years ago. The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say concerning the Lord who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, He himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes. And witness the punishment of the wicked because you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high, your dwelling place. No harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent for he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent because he has set his heart on me. Here's what God says to you and to me who have set our hearts on him. Here's what God says. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. He's with you. He's with me in trouble. He says, I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Almighty God says to you and me today, I am with you. In your trials, in your troubles, in your pain, in your hurt, in your confusion, in your doubt, in your anger, in your questions, in your weakness, in your blessings, 
he is with you. And he's calling us to respond once again by faith and trust in him. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of response. It's an opportunity for you and for me to respond to the Lord. Listen, I want to encourage you to come and do business with the Lord. This altar is open as it always is. Maybe you want to get up and come and pray with your uh, brothers or sisters who you'll be serving in VBS with. Come and pray that God would fill you with the love and the encouragement and his truth so that these children can hear about Jesus, come to faith in Jesus. Maybe you want to minister to a brother or sister who you know is in a time of trouble, who is in a time of challenge, difficulty, hurt, and what you are being called to do by God is to go to them right here and right now and to bless them and encourage them and love on them and pray for them, pray over them. Our pastors, our ministers are here. They would love to pray with you, pray for you. If you desire to finally once and for all surrender your life to Jesus, then there's no better time than to do that right here, right now, to say yes to Jesus. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you. The Spirit of God is at work. The Spirit of God is moving. Let's respond in obedience to Him with courage this morning. Let's stand and worship the Lord together.